For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Theo Wells-Spackman. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we cover a local storm, rising oil prices, and the appointment of a new president of the Princeton Theological Seminary. It's Monday, April 3rd. First, we sat down with senior features writer Julie Levy to discuss a change in leadership at the Princeton Theological Seminary. Hi, my name is Julie Levy. I am in the class of 2024, and I am a former assistant features editor and current senior features writer for The Daily Princetonian. So we've gathered there's been a recent change in leadership at the Princeton Theological Seminary. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, sort of general context-wise? Absolutely. So prior to the start of 2023, President Craig Barnes was the president of Princeton Theological Seminary. He announced his retirement and a search ensued for a new president. And recently, President Jonathan Walton has taken over the leadership of the seminary. So beginning on January 1st of this year, he is the new president. And it's a very exciting time for the entire seminary community. So I'm also gathering that this new leadership also has sort of great past connections with with the university and, and the university community. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So President Walton pursued his master's in divinity first at PTS, and then he pursued his PhD after realizing how much he loved the learning that he was doing at the seminary. So for him, assuming this role is really a homecoming because he was a student at PTS. PTS stayed with him throughout his time after graduating. He became a member of the board, and now he is back and he stepped into this role, and the entire community is very excited about what this means. He also has specific ties to the university community and even specific faculty members, is that right? That is correct. So while President Walton was a student at PTS pursuing his PhD, he actually developed connections with Princeton faculty members, including Professor Wallace Best and Professor Eddie Gloud. So he has wonderful relationships with these professors and other members of the university community, including Michelle Minter, and hopefully these relationships between the PTS president and Princeton University are going to enable the two institutions to be more interconnected in the future. So am I also correct in saying that Jonathan Walton was a historic appointment for the seminary because he is the first black president of the organization? Yes, absolutely. So not only is he the first black president, but he's actually the first Baptist president as well. And this is very significant because until recently, the PTS bylaws held that only people who are ordained ministers to the PCUSA, which is the Presbyterian Church of the United States of America, are eligible for the position. But the search committee for the new PTS president was doing their search and decided that the candidates that were members of the PCUSA were not necessarily a very diverse pool. So they went to the board of trustees, which President Walton was actually a member of at that time, and they requested to change the bylaws. Immediately after, people started calling Walton and telling him that he should consider the position because he would be a good fit. And that was the first time that it really crossed his mind because before then, he actually never would have qualified for the position. Okay. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. You can read more about the change in leadership in Julie's story, linked in the show notes or available at dailyprincetonian.com. In local news, a violent storm on Saturday night left about 400 Princeton homes without power, according to energy providers, with over 30,000 customers losing power statewide. 
As of 7 p.m. on Sunday, the power has been restored to nearly all of those affected, with remaining outages isolated to several thousand households. The university issued a tornado warning through the Tiger Alert system, advising students to shelter in place around 7 p.m., which was lifted about an hour later. Since Friday, storms and tornadoes have been breaking out across the American South and Midwest. At the time of writing, the death toll has risen to 32, as more than 50 tornadoes have been spotted from Alabama to Wisconsin. The National Weather Service has forecasted more of these intense storms tomorrow in the same areas. In international news, yesterday, an explosion in a St. Petersburg cafe killed Russian military blogger Vladlin Tatarsky. Tatarsky, a supporter of Russia's war in Ukraine, was a guest speaker at an event hosted by the cafe. It is unclear who is responsible for the bomb, but Russian authorities said they were investigating the case as a suspected murder. At least 25 other people were injured as a result of the explosion. The Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, or OPEC, announced on Sunday that it would cut production by 1.2 million barrels a day. This will represent over 1% of global supplies and has the potential to cause a significant increase in the cost of oil. At the time of writing, both the American and global benchmarks for oil prices have risen by 7% as Sunday markets opened. Russia, a member of OPEC, struggled to maintain production in the last year as it operates in increasing financial isolation following its invasion of Ukraine. Western oil producers in Brazil and Canada, among other countries, will ramp up production in an attempt to substitute this shortfall in supply. Expect warmer weather and sunny skies today, with a high of 61 degrees and a low of 47 degrees. That's all for Daybreak Today. Today's episode was written by Regina Roberts and me, sound engineered by Philip Wong, and produced under the 147th Managing Board of The Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Haran, class of 22. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Theo Wells-Spackman. Have a wonderful day.